This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. Show. We're going to talk. We're going to have a topic today that I'm sure a lot of you have heard of um, and have opinions on, and it's it's going to be very exciting today. We are talking about the genetic mutation, the MTHFR mutation, or the methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase enzyme mutation. I'm not going to say that again every time. We're just going to stick with the old MTHFR. But a lot of people have in been doing a lot of work on this genetic mutation. Uh, It's something that a lot of people carry, but it's not active in a lot of people. And it's implicated in a lot of health conditions, but it doesn't necessarily cause a lot of health conditions. It's just a a uh, it's something that goes along with a lot of things. Right. And we get a lot of, I feel like with all of our shows, we say, we get a lot of questions about this. But we do, a lot of people um, will just email and say, do you know about EMTHFR? Thinking, well, I, I literally want to respond, yes, <laughs> and just leave it at that. Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, because he actually teaches courses on this to other doctors. So it's like, yeah, no, we're aware. Um, and so it- We're well-versed. But there is so much, and that's kind of why we want to do a show, to break it down, you know, talk about what exactly you need to know about MTHFR, why you should care if you do have this sort of mutation, and what it can mean. Right. So- we're going to back up a step, and MTHFR is involved in this process in our liver called methylation. And methylation is really nothing more than moving around a carbon and uh, and three hydrogens. That's what a methyl group is. If you remember way back into chemistry or biochemistry from high school, maybe maybe some of you had to suffer through this in college as well. Um, a, a methyl group is a carbon and three hydrogens. It's a CH three. And your body just moves these things around. And when every time we move something, we need an enzyme. And one of these enzymes that's needed is MTHFR. We happen to have a gene for that. Now, the testing that's involved with an MTHFR, we test two of uh, potential genetic breaks. The, a lot of people put a lot of stock in MTHFR. The problem is we're, we're missing a bunch of information on this. There, we know a little bit about it, but we don't know a lot, which is why you know, a lot of people want to hang their hat on, oh, I have an MTHFR defect. Okay, so you have a defect. What, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You have to have all this other lab work done around it to see if that's actually creating a problem for you. Right, which is why we get really frustrated when um, people come in and have seen other doctors, other you know, practitioners claiming to be functional medicine practitioners, and they've just tested for MTHFR. Well, okay, you know that. What exactly does that tell you? Um, You know, I think people get excited to say, oh, I found what the problem is. Well, you don't really know that much at this point. Right. You know very little. There's the, the methylation process itself has like eight other enzymes that are involved with it. That, that's just methylation, and that's just one of the steps in, in phase two liver detoxification. So we have methylation is part of how your liver detoxifies. So if we, if we back up even further and we talk about the liver in general 
and, and getting stuff out of our body. We have a phase one where in phase one liver detoxification, we're oxidizing and reducing things. And that's uh, that's it's converting something toxic into this intermediate. And this intermediate is super toxic. And then this super toxic substance then goes through some form of phase two liver detoxification. And that could be glucuronidation. It could go through sulfation. It could go through methylation, just to name just to name a couple. There's like six or seven steps that it could go through. And methylation is one of those. And what that's doing is that's converting this super toxic thing into something water-soluble that your body can get rid of. So we can either excrete it through bile or we can excrete it in feces or in urine, we can just get this toxic stuff out of the system. Well, when methylation is messed up, the whole part of phase two, if any of them are messed up, all of phase two is slowed down. And so your whole liver is functioning at a slower rate. And that becomes problematic because this is how we end up backing things up and creating health concerns and health issues. And it's why it's implicated in so many different things is just that play in it. But in methylation... MTHFR, there's more than just MTHFR. So this show, we're going to talk about MTHFR, you know, what it is, what it does specifically, things like that. And then we're going to talk about ways that you can improve MTHFR function. But remember, this isn't just necess- that's not just fixing methylation. That's just fixing one little aspect. It's fixing one little piece of the puzzle, not the whole thing. And so try not to hang your hat on, okay, I have this MTHFR problem. I fix that, or I take a B vitamin, and everything's better. Because that's what a lot of people think. Yes. They think, oh, I have an MTHFR. Yeah, I have MTHFR, I take B9 and methylfolate, and I'm perfectly fine. Nope, you really didn't do anything. And those are people who have actually done the research. I'm sure that there are some of you listening to this show that, that are saying, I have no idea what MTHFR you, you, is. And- <laughs> you probably already turned the show off by now. Right. And that's okay. You'll be like, back. I don't care. Um, But these are people who have actually done the research or have talked to a practitioner who have said this is a big deal. And then they come to us and say, you know, I have this issue, but I'm not even sure, you know, you're who I'm looking for because do you even know about it? And it's like, well, yes, I'm not sure the person you saw first does. Right. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Unfortunately, that's that's how it goes out there. So MTHFR... Basically, these mutations, if you have one, 30 to 50 percent of the population carries at least one of the tested mutations. That's And they're passed down from your parent. Um, if you have it, one of your parents have it. Um, and if you have it, it's likely that one of your kids has it um, if you have children. So it's passed very easily from, from parent to child. And like I said, it affects 30 to 50 percent of the people. Now, there are how it affects each person is completely different. Sometimes there are a lot of different things that can take place. Um, you, some people can have a lot of symptoms regarding this. Some people can have no symptoms. This is where you really get into, you need next level testing. You got to figure out, okay, what is, we have this genetic problem. Is it affecting any of my blood work? Is it affecting any of my body's physiology? Because if it's not affecting your physiology, leave it alone. And here's the mind-blowing thing around these genetic SNPs. So this is called, uh, uh, when you have a, uh, an MTHFR defect, it's called a genetic SNP, SNP, a single nucleotide polymorphism. Big fancy word for genetic SNP, right? There are, hold your horses here, there are 10 million 
possible genetic SNPs in every human being. And at any given time, every single human has a million of them going on at any given time. That's a lot of SNPs. So to, to hang your hat on this one, right. it's, it's kind of crazy. It's okay if you have it, and I can understand if it's creating issues for you. The problem is when you don't go and look and see, okay, yes, I really have the, this problem. These labs are, are off. This is, this is stuff that I have. I need to uh, you know, take something or do something to, to improve my body's methylation. Because my guess is your body, you need liver function help across the board, not just with methylation. And so our job, hopefully today, and we've done a lot of rambling here, I think, at the beginning, just back educating on this, is to to point you in the right direction to say, okay, yes, find out whether or not you have the issue. And then if you do, then get some further testing to figure out, is it actually doing anything? That next step, that's the that's the piece of the puzzle that tells you what to do now about your situation. And the whole thing, this whole MTHFR thing was found during the Human Genome Project. When we were, when we were doing lots of research on the Human Genome Project, that's when they figured this MTHFR thing out. Um, and they researchers figured out that there were certain types of uh, the, this inherited mutation that people that had it, they developed certain conditions, things like ADD, ADHD, Alzheimer's disease, atherosclerosis, autoimmune disorders, autism. That happened more often in people with this MTHFR mutation. And that's what triggered people, the researchers, to start looking deeper into what this thing is because it's obviously negatively impacting health. Right. So... We got to take a break. Um, when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more about what the what the mutation is. I'll, I'll use some of the the verbiage that you may see on a lab test, and then we're going to start talking about some natural things that you can do to help your mutation. Um, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Wellness 101. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Dr. TJ, and Aaron is here with me. And today we are talking about MTHFR and all of the health things regarding MTHFR. If you missed the first segment of the show, highly encourage you to go back and listen to that on iTunes or SoundCloud and 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 get the background of this. We gave some some information on on the 
problem with MTHFR and how you know some people can have mutations and really not exhibit any health concerns with it, and others could have quite a few health um, problems that are involving MTHFR. And if you really, if you get into the research of this thing, and like get into like the um, genetics reference library, that's where they start talking about what this thing really is. And I I elaborated a little bit before. MTHFR stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. It's how we methylate folate. It has to do with B9. And that's so many people, that's all they know is MTHFR equals folate. And so if they if they see a someone that has an issue, they say, oh, take folate. Take methylfolate. You have to take 5-MTHF. Take methylfolate. Well, that 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 may not be what the person actually needs. I mean, we see people coming in all the time at the clinic that are taking loads of folate. And we're like, why are you taking folate? And they're like, well, I have MTHFR. And I, I, I literally look at them like, yeah, everyone has MTHFR. It's whether or not you have a problem with MTHFR is the concern. You have to test to figure out. So what testing has been done to find out if you're actually having an issue with this MTHFR genetic defect. And very few people have actually had any testing whatsoever beyond whether finding out if they have the, the genetic defect. But that, There is an issue, though, with, I mean, as far as the folate, if you do have the mutation, you do need to be careful about not taking folic acid, right? Correct. You, you actually need to, I mean, there are, if you have the mutation, adding extra folate uh, in the specific form of 5-MTHF is, is going to be beneficial for you. Right. And generally, don't in your office typically say just, you know, if you're going to supplement with, you know, if you need some sort of folic acid or folate, you should generally just do folate. Yeah, folate. um, Because it won't harm you if you don't have the mutation, right? Correct, correct. So, I mean, there's no reason. And I know we... But folic acid will. Folic acid synthetic and toxic to the human body. Right. And that's why, I mean, I know that we touched on this um, just briefly when we did our show on fertility and infertility because a lot of the uh, prescription prenatals have folic acid in them. Right. Right. And that's a huge problem. And that's why any place like I mean, you'll hear about this from supplement companies, you know, like good supplement companies will say, do not ever take the prescription prenatal vitamins. Right. Um, And don't go and get over the counter prenatal vitamins. There is a reason why these, you know, the high quality supplement companies do their own prenatals or they just say, you know, take a separate folate because you should not be getting folic acid. Right. That's right. So if you're familiar with MTHFR, um, you're familiar with things like um, having a having one of the alleles, that's what they call these things is an allele, A-L-L-E-L-E, is a C677T or an A1298C. That's what we've, that's the numbers that, are, and the, the placement of where you could have these genetic SNPs. Now, Depending on which one is broken determines what all is actually going on. Um, and I'm not going to get into that. That's something that we would discuss with you at a, at a visit in our clinic. But just know that there's two different possibilities that they're, they're, they're looking at. And so if you have this, it changes things that you need to do. So let's talk about some of the things that you can, that you can do naturally to help if you have an MTHFR defect. And one of the first things that someone can do, like we said, right, like Aaron just said, is get more 
forms of natural folate. Also, you're going to need vitamin B6, vitamin B12, and vitamin B2 around it. Those are cofactors that go around um, folate. And so just that's why I, I kind of laugh at the when people come in like, oh, I have MTHFR, I'm taking folate. Well, you're, you're all, okay, that's great. I'm glad you're doing that. But there's more to the puzzle than, than just taking folate. And so getting, getting folate in your food um, is especially important. It's really important if you're going to become pregnant or you're trying to be, get pregnant because making sure that the woman has enough folate in her system is what prevents these things called neural tube defects. It prevents things like spina bifida in, in, in fetuses, and so we don't have babies that have neural tube problems. So we want to make sure that we have lots of, of, of folate in, in the system. Right, and the period is really – it's three months before conception through the first trimester is the really – Big, important period. Right. By the time most women find out that they're pregnant, the neural tube has already, you already have a problem if you don't have enough folate. Right. Because it happens, the neural tube forms at five weeks. And so if you don't have folate, you, it's too late. If you're finding out, you know, two months into this that you're pregnant and then you finally go get a, you know, supplement for some folate, you miss the window. And this is what's so... Preconception stuff. This, right. this stuff needs to be worked on long before you actually become pregnant. And this is what's so frustrating because so many women that I know get the fact that you need to prepare for this beforehand and they will start on a prenatal vitamin. It's just that they don't do a high quality prenatal vitamin. They get one that has folic acid in it and that could be harming you. Correct. So, I mean, that's what I think it's frustrating because generally – People who have issues with this are not people who just didn't do anything to prepare. A lot of them have tried to prepare. Right. They just didn't have all of the information, which right. is why we're trying to put it out there. Exactly. So if you're going to get this stuff in your diet, things that you want to consume, um, beans and lentils actually have quite a bit of folate in them, um, leafy green vegetables, um, asparagus, romaine, broccoli, avocado, bright colored fruits, things like oranges, mangoes. Those are those are types of foods that have uh, that are relatively high in folate, um, but remember, there's more than just folate. Typically, if you have an MTHFR issue, you're going to need B6 and B12 as well, and so getting enough of those is really important. And for those of you who are vegetarians out there, remember, vitamin B12 is extremely difficult for vegetarians to get because B12 is in animal products. And so we really got to pay attention to that. So if you're a vegetarian out there, uh, make sure you're getting vitamin B12 shots and make sure you're getting quality vitamin B12. Right. And that's why, I mean, we have so many people that come into our office who a lot of those who are vegans and have decided to uh, get just routinely get B12 shots. Yeah. I mean, they just do it without fail. And while we don't um, promote a vegan diet because there are, especially when people are really sick, there are some real benefits to getting some um, animal protein in you that will help right. you um, get better quicker. Um, we totally respect the fact that, you know, some people decide to be vegan and it's a really good idea to go ahead and supplement with vitamin B12 by getting B12 shots on a regular basis. Yes, absolutely. And so that's foods. I mean, some people focus on like, you know, getting everything from food. That's great if you think that you can get everything that you need from food. Most people don't. Even no. the people that think they can no. generally don't. Right. It's it When it really boils down to what you need, like 
everybody, anybody can get what you need to meet the RDA of whatever the nutrient is. Now, granted, I get some things you can, you, it's possible to become toxic in. If you take way too much vitamin A, for instance, you could become toxic in it. But most of us aren't going to get enough vitamin A in our diet. And even if we did consume enough, we're not actually going to absorb it through our digestive tract to be able to, to get it into our system to do anything with it. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, of supplementing with, you know, vitamins, minerals. I mean, I take a pile of things every single day um, just to operate at the level that I want to operate at. And never but get that's, sick. And, right, and never get <laughs> sick. That's the thing. And the the key to this is it's not hard to get what, you know, the the recommended daily allowance, which is a, a pitiful standard. It's The recommended daily allowance is really all this is with nutrition, just to remind you, for those of you who are new to the show, that's the minimum amount of nutrient needed on a daily basis to not get the disease associated with the deficiency of that nutrient, right? So 100 milligrams of vitamin C every single day is what you need to not get scurvy. That's not what you need for optimal health. We're promoting optimal health. You need a lot more than 100 milligrams of vitamin C every day for optimal health, right? So keep that in mind when we're when we're when we're talking about nutrition and, and getting adequate levels of nutrition, you want to get enough nutrition to be optimally functioning, not just surviving, right? So we got to take another break. When we come back from this break, we are going to get into talking about how MTHFR is related to um, digestive issues, things like leaky gut, irritable bowel. We're also going to talk about things like depression and anxiety, and then we want to get into the the big dog himself, uh, heart disease, because that is a big one. It's you know gets fifty percent of the population every single year. So or yeah, fifty percent. So we really got to we're going to dive into that when we come back after this break. You're listening to Wellness 101. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. TJ, and Aaron is here with me. And today uh, we are talking about MTHFR, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. A lot reductase. slower than what we had intended. There's just yeah. a lot of stuff to go through. There is. A, I mean, we have all this information, and we're going to get through like a tenth of it. And yep. that, that's okay. We'll come back, and we'll talk about this again at another time. Um, but there, there's just there's so much information out there, and there's so much mass confusion over what this stuff is, and just really... 
all in all, it's a kind of a lack of understanding. And I mean, I get it because this information is changing on a on a day to day basis. But anyway, I digress. So just before we were t- just before the break, we were talking about how we can consume more. Um, foods and the foods that we can consume to increase the levels of folate in our system if if you do have an MTHFR defect and it is creating some issues. And I said that we were going to talk, um, we're going to move into digestive stuff. So people that have um, MTHFR defect, specifically, more specifically at least, the A1298C version, tend to have more common digestive health complaints. They'll you know, have, you know, digestive, um, they'll have nutrient intake issues. They won't be able to absorb their nutrients as well. They have higher levels of inflammation throughout their gut. They tend to have allergies um, more frequently. They have neurotransmitter levels that are that are more off. And, and part of this has to do with like where this genetic SNP sits on the methylation cycle. And if you're ever, if you've ever been in our office and we've drawn this thing out, because I draw this thing out a million times, I feel like a, a, a week, which is okay. That's how people learn. They like to see the drawings and understand like, oh, okay, this is what it is. Once you, a picture's worth a thousand words. So just drawing this thing out on a, on a board would, all of you listeners would be like, oh, I get it in, in like a half a second. But where one of this mutations, this A1298C mutation is, it's very specific as to it affecting your neurotransmitter levels. And we know that neurotransmitters are manufactured in the gut. So it makes perfect sense that we're now affecting gut health and gut function, not to mention the fact that you these are the complaints that these people have. So a lot of people really want to deal with leaky gut and and fixing leaky gut. And if you don't know anything about leaky gut, we've done a show on it. You can go on to iTunes and, and listen to the leaky gut episode. I'm sure we'll do a million more of them. Um, but we want to make sure that we're improving digestive health. And with if we're dealing with leaky gut and we're trying to fix that, we want to make sure that we're removing um, certain foods. We want to get dairy out of the diet. We want to get gluten out of the diet. Those are two enormous culprits. Getting re- Reducing sugar to almost nothing. Um, is another big one. Um, but then, you know, getting other things out like that are inflammatory, things like preservatives oh, and, and synthetic chemicals and stuff like that and our, our processed meats, um, things like hot dogs and, and stuff, those things just, if they're, when they're processed like that, they're just not good for, for our, our entire system. And then increasing our intake of foods that are nutrient-dense, um, Organic vegetables, uh, probiotic foods, things that may be fermented, um, things like sauerkraut to put good bacteria back into our gut. Drinking things like bone broth, um, getting lots of healthy fats, olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed meats, um, wild-caught salmon, things like that. Anything that we can do to, to help heal and repair the gut can really help with with dealing with the MTHFR defect. That's going to be one of the one of the pieces of the puzzle if you have that. And if you're you know trying to get yourself well and you have these defects and you're not lo- working on leaky gut, that might be a next step for you to to try and address those issues. Um, then we've got anxiety and depression. So people that have an MTHFR defect are have a higher likelihood of having anxiety or depression. Just like, no, go ahead. And not just anxiety and depression, right? I mean, other mental conditions as well. Sure. Bipolar, schizophrenia, and even our chronic fatigue even is included in there. Right. And that has to do, like I said, with where this 
A1298C SNP is, and it's uh, your ability to make things like serotonin and dopamine. It affects these things, and when you affect your ability to manufacture these specific neurotransmitters, these specific chemicals, now you're affecting mood and you know how we feel, how we act. Uh, how we sleep? Are we able to sleep? The, all of these things, all of these things matter. So we want to make sure and do things. If we're dealing with this, we want to back up. We want to deal with leaky gut. We want to fix those types of things, so we can address the underlying um, issues that we have here. So you know, decreasing stress is is huge. Getting lots of omegas, um, good healthy fats, and things like that. Getting plenty of sleep um, and, and exercise, those are those are key pieces of this puzzle. But the big one, the one I really want to talk about is heart health. When someone has an MTHFR defect, the, the piece of the puzzle right after MTHFR and the and the and the folate cycle in in the process of methylation is the methionine cycle. And the methionine cycle, our body makes this stuff called homocysteine. And homocysteine is this stuff that goes through our body, and it's really sharp. And it's kind of like sandpaper floating through our arteries and veins. And just like sandpaper roughs up a a nice smooth wood surface, homocysteine puts nicks and cuts inside our blood vessels, creating an inflammatory response. So it's really vicious to our, our blood vessels. And homocysteine, all by its little old lonesome, is its own independent risk factor for cardiovascular disease, meaning... Every blood lab that you have could be perfect, but if you have high levels of homocysteine, you have cardiovascular disease, period. That's just how it is. And so we've got to do things to help reduce those homocysteine levels. That is where proper supplementation is going to be critical. Do conventional doctors test for homocysteine? Um, No. So that's something that to really be aware of. Because, because there's there's no medication to lower homocysteine. So a lot of people come in and say, my heart is fine. You know, I that I know because I've gone to my doctor and been tested. They say the same things about thyroid. Um, you know, that's right. a patients a lot of times like my doctor tested everything and nope. But this is one that's often missed. And it's kind of scary to think that homocysteine is that important and it isn't generally tested. Right. And, you know, it's believed that by some that homocysteine is responsible for people who have like sudden cardiac events. They think that those those individuals have really, really high levels of homocysteine. Nobody ever tests them because these people don't survive the event. Right. But I we can say that we have I can think of two patients in particular who have had um, family history of people dying from heart attacks, um, and they came in and they found out that their homocysteine level was high. And so our guess is that we have just now found why that has happened in their family. And what's awesome are the countless number of patients we've had in the clinic that they come in, homocysteine levels, a a medically medically high uh, level of homocysteine is anything over 10.4 or 11.5, depends on the lab. It's the same, it's high. Right. Optimally, you want your homocysteine level at seven or so. Right. So if we've had people come in with homocysteine levels of 25, 27, I mean, these are really high. But what's beautiful is with a very short over a very short period of time, a couple of months, you can get those levels of homocysteine back down under medically high, which would be 10 and a half to 11 and a half down even to close to seven just by doing a couple of very important things. One, cleaning up their gut. Two, giving them the nutrition that their body needs. That's, it's really that simple. 
it's not a it's not a difficult thing. It's just knowing what to do and when to implement your the right tools. Right. And you're reducing cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular risk significantly. Well, and I think that's what I mean, you know, so much of what we talk about on here ties da- ties back to the fact that so many of these problems are, you know, at their core, an issue with nutrition, an issue with the gut, or, you know, that's generally where you need to start. Right. And people just need guidance to know, okay, what few steps do I need to take? Like, we want to act like this is all so extremely complicated and figuring out what exactly needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, it's that's complicated. Be, it's going to be, um, you know, you're going to need a good person on your team. But it's not like, oh, well, we've got 30 steps for you to take now that you need to do to make this better. Generally, you just need someone who understands these things to say, all right, make this fix and we'll be okay. Right. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the the heart. Uh, a couple of extra things I want to throw in there. And then we're going to talk about signs and symptoms of having an MTHFR mutation if you don't already know that you have one. You're listening to Wellness 101. Welcome back. I'm Dr. TJ. With me is Aaron. Today, we have been discussing MTHFR and all of the fun, exciting facts surrounding MTHFR, its defects, and things that you can do um, if you have this issue. And before the break, right before the break, we were talking about um, the impacts of having an MTHFR defect on affecting uh, homocysteine, which is one of the blood labs that should be ran and you should know your number if you have an MTHFR defect. Um, because not everyone has elevated homocysteine levels just because they have an MTHFR defect. But having high levels of homocysteine increases your risk of cardiovascular disease. And so you're going to need some B vitamins um, to, to help bring that down. But other things that you're going to need for, for cardio protection, for heart health, is things like magnesium, making sure that you have enough omega-3s, CoQ10. CoQ10 is extremely important for heart health. Things like selenium, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, all extremely important to make sure that you're getting enough of on a daily basis if we're dealing with, you know, 
the risk of having a cardiovascular event because we have high levels of homocysteine. And you want to be getting that checked on a regular basis if it is elevated to make sure that it's coming down. If it's not coming down immediately, you need to figure out what's not being done, what's being missed. And Aaron was talking right before the break about how, you know, things get missed and it's really not that complicated, but it kind of is. It, it's that's kind <laughs> of what that, she said. That very clear? That's, that's kind of what it was. It's not that complicated, but it kind of is. The the thing about it is that we that you want to try and 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 get everyone to understand is that the human body really only what every condition comes down to two things. That human body needs to get rid of something, or it needs to get something. Right? It needs to get rid of toxins, waste, you know, heavy metals, whatever it is infection, or it needs to get things like vitamins, minerals, proteins, fats. That's what it needs to get, right? Right. So is it, are we having a a problem getting rid of stuff that we don't want, or are we having trouble because we don't have enough of the stuff that we do want? And having an MTHFR defect does both, because like I said early in the show, an MTHFR defect slows down liver detoxification, slows down phase two liver detoxification, brings it really almost to a grinding halt. And we also, when we have that issue, we need to add things like B vitamins to our diet to make sure that we can keep this thing running. That's an important piece of the puzzle. But we also have to figure out, okay, do we have other things that we need to get rid of, Um, like toxic metals? It's extremely common to see high levels of toxic metals in people, things like lead, mercury, arsenic, aluminum, thallium, uranium. All these things can be super high in people and that can affect us. So that's my two cents on that. I hope that I hope that helps some of you out there who you know may have an MTHFR defect and not really sure what to do or you know where to go with that. Just know this and you it's it's possible to improve it. Um, are you going to change it? Probably not. You're not going to turn that light switch off. But what you can do is prevent the health conditions that come with having a defect. Which is so, I mean, so many of the things that we talk about are the same way. We've talked about that with a lot of autoimmune conditions. Some you can reverse, and there are a lot of them that you're going to always live with. But right. we can reduce the or get rid of the symptoms, and that's good enough. Right. So what are symptoms, signs, conditions that are associated with an MTHFR mutation? Things like depression and anxiety, spina bifida, schizophrenia, bipolar, autoimmune, um, drug and alcohol addiction has been tied to it, chronic pain, um, heart problems, where, you know, and specifically uh, having a reduction in our HDL or our quote good cholesterol um, with, with the high homocysteine levels. Hormonal issues, things like infertility, right? That's a big one. Um, right. And miscarriages and PCOS and yeah. two other. Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about the show. If you go back and listen to the uh, infertility segments that we did, we talked quite a bit about MTHFR and, and the mutations and how that can impact fertility. Um, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. Those are those are huge ones. Um, diabetes. Yeah. Diabetes. The diet sugars. Um, those that, that's that was a joke. No one. No one laughed, ladies and gentlemen. No one laughed at my joke. Um, that's okay. I'm used to it. I'm not really a comic. Um, but there are a lot of different things. If you have any chronic condition. Right. Digestive problems. Irritable bowel syndrome is a big one. And, yeah. Um, 
these things can tie back. They all just tie back. Right. Figure autism out what's going on. Autism and ADHD are two big ones too. Right. So, yeah. Because you got with autistic kids, a lot of them have trouble detoxifying and getting all of the junk out of their system. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, that's the one thing that I know we've talked on here before. Um, we don't talk a lot about vaccinations, but if you find out that you have an MTHFR defect, it's just something to be aware of that if you you probably are going to pass it down to your child and your child will have more trouble getting out the additives that are in vaccines. Doesn't mean we're saying don't vaccinate, but you may want to spread them out. Right. There's no harm in doing that. Right. So it's just something to be aware of. And why not get tested to find out if there's, um, you know, a problem with processing out the things that are in vaccines to actually yeah. Um, and and these and this test from causing a problem and testing is super simple. I mean, it can be done with saliva. It can be done with blood. It's it's really an easy thing to look right. at. And, and I do. think that there is so much, um, you know, animosity against anyone who you know says anything against getting vaccinated on the normal schedule that people don't give that information out there. And I want to just that's a big part um, to me with MTHFR is just it's such a simple test. And there's no reason. It doesn't mean you can't vaccinate. Just spread them out a little more if you right. have an MTHFR defect. Yeah. Just, we're just out here trying to provide some common sense. Why why, uh, why muck up a, a system that's already slowed down? I right. Mean, you know, if, you, if, you're, if your car's only running on three, you know, only has three wheels, you don't get in and just try to drive at 100 mile an hour. You put a fourth wheel on there. Right. And the whole reason that people are vaccinating their kids is they're wanting to protect them. So why not do what will protect them by spreading it out? Yeah. There are a lot of things that can be done. I mean, you know, the, there there are there are things too. Like we have a we're an over medicated country. We have lots of people taking lots of medications. Make sure that you are discussing with your doctor the medications that you're taking because some medications can deplete folate levels in a in a person, and that can really impact you if you have an MTHFR defect and then you decrease the folate levels by taking medications, things like antibiotics, birth control pills, antacids, NSAID, pain relievers, antidepressants, different chemotherapeutic medications. These can all negatively impact your folate levels, right? And especially things like that that affect your um, that affect cholesterol levels. Some of these bile acid sequestrants. Um, can can affect your folate level. I mean, there are just there are so many things out there that need to be taken into consideration. That it's it's way more complicated than oh, I have an MTHFR defect, take some folate. It it doesn't work like that. There are so many more things that need to be investigated and looked at. And I mean, I think that most of the country is starting their eyes are starting to open um, at the fact that okay. There's something else going on here. I went to the doctor and I've got this issue and I took this pill and it's not fixing my problem. And the reason is because a pill for a problem doesn't work. If you have a bacteria and you take an antibiotic, you can kill that antibiotic or you can kill that bug. But there's not pills for chronic diseases to actually reverse the chronic disease. That's a product of hard work, knowing what's driving that chronic disease, and then reversing and And fixing that. And figuring it out. And it's not a genetic issue because our genes have not changed. Right. It's not genetic. You can't blame this stuff on genetic. Genetics change over the course of thousands of years. We've gone to chronic diseases being the number one killer of Americans in the last 100 years. Right. So, so these are things we can change. You just need help and guidance in doing it, and that's where we come in. Right. So if you want more information, um, 
Find us on the, on the online at the Institute of Natural Health.com. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We put information out there all the time. Call our office, 314-293-8123. We'll be happy to you know, answer any questions you have. Um, we're here to help. That's all we have for today on MTHFR. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. Go away from this place